Here we go, episode one of the Athlete's Mindset. I'm your host, Jason Smith. I hope you all enjoy the show, and if you do, please give us a follow. I'm excited to welcome today's guest onto the show. He has previously played for Bath in Glasgow Warriors and currently plays his club rugby at Gloucester. He has represented Scotland 25 times, scoring 98 points. On today's show, we have Scotland Rugby International, Adam Hastings. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good to be here. And uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and take us back to your first memories of playing rugby? Um, so my name is Adam Hastings and I play professional rugby um, down in Gloucester. I recently signed um, in the summertime from Glasgow. Um, so yeah, it's been good. Um, back to the early days, uh, started down at Watsonians, mini rugby. Can't remember how old it had been, maybe four or no, maybe six years old was maybe when you first started. And um, funnily enough, I actually didn't really like rugby for the first couple of years because it was only touch um, and I wanted to do contact. Whereas now I, I probably wish it was touch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so started down there and then obviously went through the school system at Watson's and ended up moving to Millfield for sixth form uh, to boarding school, which was a school down in England, not far from Cheltenham where I'm currently and then signed for Bath out of school. Then was there for two years and then went to Glasgow for three years and then um, most recently at Gloucester. So, yeah. Brilliant, mate. And um, with the exception of the two obvious answers, who's had the most positive influence on your career today and why? Um, I think Dave Rennie. Um, well, I don't think I know. Um, he was absolutely brilliant with me. Um, just, you know, I had had two years at Bath Um my apprenticeship, I kind of call it, in the academy. Um, And then obviously moving up to Glasgow was, you know, the the kind of big step in my career and obviously knew that was where potentially my career could take off. And I think Renz, um, he was absolutely brilliant with me just in my first year, kind of blood me a few times, um, you know, a handful of times in that first year. And then when Finn left in the second year, that door kind of opened for, for someone to step in and, and Ren's back me and he was absolutely brilliant with me just the time and effort he put into my game you know I'd, I'd see him after training almost every day and he'd be going through clips with me just um you know helping me out and, and giving me little tips and advice here and there and um you know giving me a rocket sometimes as well which was needed so he, he knew how to deal with a young player and yeah he was just brilliant with me um he was yeah best coach I've had so far brilliant mate and uh, you initially played football. And when did you realise you were a talented rugby player and had a chance to make it at rugby and you fully focused on that? Um, yeah, I think I was always, you know, good at both, um, you know, football and rugby. However, if you want to make it in football, you've, you've kind of got to be signed, um, you know, a lot younger. I think boys are in academies from whatever, like nine years old or something daft like that. Um, it's, three, it's three and four now at Man City. And Man exactly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was too young, but um, yeah, I wasn't quite at that level. Um, although I did really enjoy my football, probably more than rugby, um, to be honest. Um, but obviously, thought I'd, I'd get a bit further with rugby. And I think when I was maybe sixteen, I had to choose Ali Donaldson, who was the coach at um, at Watsons. I had Ali as a coach, great, great coach. 
Yeah, he was brilliant. Um, but he, so I was playing first eleven football at the time, and um, I think I missed training one day to play a game for the football team, and he wasn't happy. So I think he pretty much gave me the ultimatum. But I was always going to choose rugby. I think by that point, I, I'd set my eyes on you know being a professional. So yeah. Brilliant, mate. And obviously you grew up as the son of Gavin Hastings and your uncle Scott, who had both outstanding international rugby careers for Scotland and the Lions. Did this add any extra pressure on you as a player? And if so, how did you cope with that pressure following in their footsteps? Um, yeah, when I was younger, probably I, I felt, not the pressure, I'd say, but I just felt, um, you know, other like my mates would get into me about it. Um, it probably used to bother me a little bit when I was, when I was growing up. But, you know, when I kind of finished school or whatever and went into the professional environment I don't really think anyone cares you know you're there on merit um, and you've been backed and you've been signed and you're paid money by a team for a reason not because you're related to someone who yeah. used to be half decent so yeah I think um, from that stage on I was pretty pretty settled you're trying to write your own legacy mate right yeah 100% and what words of wisdom does your dad and uncle Scott give you in your rugby career um I mean, I wouldn't say it's more on the pitch stuff. It's probably more off the pitch stuff um, or just kind of mindset wise, just enjoying, make sure I'm enjoying myself and having fun. Cause you know, my old man says, if you're not having fun, what's the point? And um, you know, there's been times certainly where, where I've not been having fun and um, you know, little things like that and little nuggets of, of wisdom or whatever, you know, help and, even just in the build-up to games, if I'm feeling nervous for, you know, bigger internationals or things like that, my dad's, you know, been a good pillar for me to lean on over the years and, and kind of vent to as well. So, um, yeah. Oh, definitely, mate. Having that support network around you is extremely, extremely important. And um, what drives you to be the best rugby player that you can possibly be? I think <laughs> fear of failure is quite a big one. Um, you don't want to let people down, especially your teammates. You know, you you train all week with them, and um, you know they're they're trying to put their best foot forward as well. And, and you don't want to be the one that that lets down their team by not doing your job. So I think you know that's a big motivator for me. Also, make my my family and friends proud. Um, you know, I, I know how much they care about care about the sport and, and care about me, and um, they just want me to do well, and and I want to you know show them that. I am doing well as well and make them proud, yeah. Brilliant, mate. And uh, as a coach, I talk to my players about sacrificing if they want to make it to the next level. From having success at such a young age, was it hard for you to distance yourself from outside distractions like holidays, clubbing, going to the pub midweek with your friends? Um, no, I think definitely, you know, since becoming a professional, you, you notice the sacrifices a lot more. I think as a, as a young lad, still in school you 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 don't have to miss too much unless you're maybe away with the age group stuff but that's all you know you're, you don't feel like you're missing stuff anyway because it's such good fun but um you know it's little things it's, it's not being able to really have have a have a decent christmas or or a new year or things like that you know over the new year we were talking about i don't i don't i can't remember the last time i had new year's day off you know you're in training and um you know for the i think i've had one christmas where i've been able to have a drink the rest of the time I've been playing on Boxing Day, but it's a small price to pay for, for you know, the, 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 reward. the rewards that this job gives you. Yeah. For sure, mate. It's um, very rewarding. And for you, playing in front of the fans, how good is that? Yeah, it's awesome. I, I mentioned in an interview not that long ago that, you know, sport without fans is just crap, honestly, like they were talking about 
COVID regulations potentially, um, you know, stopping crowds again. I know they had that up in Scotland. Thankfully, they've not had it here, but I honestly could not imagine anything worse. It's just, it, it's, it's so, it's so much less entertaining for, for us as players. Um, you know, it's, it's harder to get up for at times. I found that when, when uh, we were playing in front of crowds, and you know, the difference they make, especially when you're playing at home, is absolutely massive. So yeah, um, sport with fans for me. Yeah, was it hard to get motivated for those games without fans? Initially, yeah, it was just bizarre. Um, it almost felt like a training game. Obviously, after a few games, you you kind of get used to it and you bring your own energy, whether that's your, your squad that's sitting in the stands, they can kind of bring their own energy. But definitely at first, it was awful. Yeah, And you mentioned it before, mate, um, about when you play getting nervous before big matches. Why was that and what emotions did you feel? Um. It's strange one because you'd you'd think if, if someone's getting nervous it would be for bigger games, but sometimes it was for so-called lesser oppositions you'd get more nervous. Nerves are a funny thing; you can't really control them. And um, I spoke to Mike Blair recently, trying to kind of reinvent or reinvent, not reinvent, but um, you know, change the word nerves to excitement is a good way of looking at it because <clears throat> you're excited and you. You're just looking forward to playing. It's because you care, which is good. So, um, yeah, I think nerves are part of, part of it, and especially for internationals. You know, I've been in the room with my roommate or whatever, whoever that is, and you know, we've been barely speaking or we're on our phones or listening to music and things like that. But once you're out in the pitches, you know, they, they go away, and as soon as you're into it, it's all good. As you as you gain more experience, what do you feel in the build up to big games now for club and country? I think. Something I've definitely got a lot better at over the past couple of seasons is as long as you nail your prep during the week and you tick every box, then that that kind of breeds confidence going into a game. It's when you've it's when you've maybe not nailed your your pre match stuff or you've not um you know you've missed a couple of things during the week or you yeah just things like that probably probably adds to your nerves a little bit more. So now I make sure I tick off everything every week, and as long as I've done that. I know that I couldn't have done any more for that week, and then it's just up to up to you then on the on the day. What is your pre-match preparation like? <clears throat> is, it, is it music? Is it food? Is it what is your process that you go through to make sure you're hundred percent ready to play that game? Um, I mean, it's more kind of doing the work on on the training field during the week. So whether that's you know making sure I do all my sorts of kicking and passing and core skills, um, get them ticked off, and then I've previewed the other team well. Um, you know, I'll watch a lot of clips of, of the other team's defence and look at ways I can attack them and things like that. And before the game, I'm not too superstitious. If I, if I see a single magpie, I might see it or <laughs> might not walk over a triple drain. But other than that, yeah, I'm probably just headphones on the bus. And then um, when we get to the ground, I'll, I'll be all good. Brilliant. And when something goes wrong during a highly charged game, how do you manage your emotional control? For example, if you miss a kick, you get a simbin or make an error, do you let that affect you? Um, yeah, that's a tough one because obviously, you know, in, in games you do care if you make a mistake. You know, everyone's highly competitive and you don't want to lose. So um, there's definitely been times, especially early on in my career, where I'd, you know, make one mistake and I'd be thinking about it for a while. But, you know, it's important to kind of block that out and, um, you know, that mistake won't affect your next. It has no bearing on your next act. And that's kind of what I've tried to look at it as like is. You, if you miss a kick, it's got no effect on the next kick. It's a completely new kick. So 
um, you've just got to stick to the process and do what you've practiced. And um, yeah, you'd like to think it, it'll come good again. Have you got better on that as your career has gone on, as you've got older and more, with more experience? Yeah, I think just playing time helps. You know, time out, time in the saddle, as I call it, um, helps massively. You know, you get used to certain situations or you get used to that feeling of, of pressure. Um, you know, when a game's on the knife edge in the last kind of 10 minutes, um, when you're younger, it's the first time you're dealing with these emotions and you're dealing with, you know, the crowd screaming and all these external factors. But once you've been in that situation, um, you know, 10, 20, 30 times, it, it just becomes, you become more accustomed to it. It's like anything. So I think, you know, that that does come with, with experience, I, I think. How do you block out the external factors like the crowd, the opposition, the scoreboard before you make those kicks? Uh, sometimes you can't. To be <laughs> um, there's definitely been times where I've, I've felt it. Um, again, I go back to you know just trying to focus on you've got little little routines and um, little tricks to bring your bring your heart rate back down or whatever. You know, before I take a kick, I have to two big deep breaths I make sure I'm, I've got my breath back and then I go on my process whether that's you know four steps back four to the side and then you're thinking about the wind things like that the stuff to concentrate on um so yeah it kind of takes your mind off I suppose obviously you have like kicking coaches and you work on the technique but do coaches help work on your mindset before these moments or they just leave it to your own devices um yeah we do speak about I mean there is it is spoken about um a lot of it is just focus on your next job so if you do make a mistake make sure that next thing you do is done perfectly and um, whether that's a little pass or, or a tackle or you're hitting a ruck just make sure you do do that to 100 percent, and um, that should get you back on track I mean that's certainly been a big focus of, of teams I've been in in the past yeah so you represent Scotland in the World Cup mate congratulations um and you come on for the last five minutes against Samoa and then, I, and then started versus Russia, where you scored a total of 26 points in the game, two tries, eight conversions. Firstly, what was it like representing Scotland at the World Cup? Yeah, unbelievable. Dream come true. I, I, went, to, I went to the World Cup in France in 2007 with my dad, and I remember watching Argentina versus France in the Parc de Prince, I think it was. And... Um, I just my dad was like how cool would it be for you to play in one of these things one day I can't remember how old I was but I just remember being in awe of it before the game the music was going and I was just like I want I want this so bad and then to be doing that however many years later was just unbelievable um you know I stood in the tunnel and in Japan they, they had these drums before the game and it was very kind of ceremonial and it was just I remember being so nervous but just so excited at the same time and yeah, it was a dream come true, especially that Russia game. It was it was good fun, that one. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And what was it like making your debut for Scotland? Your first ever game? Yeah, again, it, it was a strange one because, you know, growing up, you'd always kind of dream of playing for your country and dream of making your debut at Murrayfield in front of a, a full crowd and packed house. But it was, you know, strange. It was in Edmonton in Canada. And I, don't, I don't even <laughs> think there was 5,000 people there. My parents weren't there either, but. Again, it was still extremely special, um, you know, to pull on that that jersey for the first time and, and win as well in Edmonton. And then, you know, that summer tour was one of my favourite tours to this date. Um, yeah, it was just unbelievable. And what is it like playing for Scotland at Murrayfield with the national anthem just belting out? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, 
I mean, there's not really any word for it. It's something that you, you just kind of have to experience. But when the, the pipes cut out in, in that third verse or whenever it is, and the, it's just kind of echoing round and everyone's singing it. It's, it is, yeah, it's just magical. Are you a singer or are you more focused? Yeah, I'm a singer. He's You're a singer. Sing. You go yeah, for it. Yeah, too right. And the, in Japan, mate, it was uh, your family came over. How special was that for you to have their support all the way in Japan? Yeah, unbelievable. My, my auntie and uncle were out there as well, and they were at that Russia game. Um, and yet, for it to go as well as it did for the team and and myself was just made it even more special. Um, and yet, it's still a still a very fun memory of mine to this day. And uh, leading up to the make-or-break game versus Japan, there was a lot of doubt cast over the game due to the typhoon. Um, can you tell us a little bit about about this and what was overall feeling like in the Scotland camp building up to the game? Um, yeah, obviously we, there was chat that it might be postponed or whatever, um, but we were we knew we were going to play it at some point, so it didn't really matter. I think we were all we'd all done our prep. We were all switched on to it. Um, you know, I wasn't playing. I injured my ankle in the in the Russia game, actually. Um, so I was kind of relaxed at the time. Yeah. I wasn't training or anything like that. But yeah, I think the boys were pretty switched on to it all still. And I was took on to my next question, mate. Obviously, you were injured. You injured your ankle. Um, how difficult was it for you sitting on the sideline for that game? Yeah, it was awful because my ankle blew up straight away, and then went for a scan and. The scan came back all all good. Basically, you've got three ligaments in your ankle or tendons or whatever it is. And um, the middle one had snapped completely off, but it's, it's better to snap it because you don't actually need it. It's when it's torn, that's when you'll feel the pain. But I couldn't feel any pain. So two days later, I, I could run about in that. Um, but they'd obviously made the decision on the team by then. Um, so, yeah, I was just gutted. It was obviously, you know, cool to watch the boys, but I just remember sitting in the stands just, just being gutted because it was the most incredible atmosphere I've ever seen or heard to this day. It was just absolutely mental. Um, the Japanese fans were crazy. I can imagine. They're a bit wild, right? Yeah. And uh, again, injuries must be, for me, the most frustrating things in sport. Um, when you're out for a pe period of time, how do you stay mentally motivated when you're unable to play? Um, yeah, it's really tough. I think you've almost... It is tough because you're kind of separated from the squad in a way. You, you're on a different schedule. So I was in, when I did my shoulder last, this time last year, I was in at maybe seven and done by 11, whereas boys would be getting in at eight and they wouldn't be leaving till, till two. And, you know, I'm in the physio room at a different time or I'm in the gym at different times for them. So obviously I was lucky enough to have Kyle Stain doing his, his rehab at the same time. So, um, I mean, we bonded fairly or a huge amount over that time. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. You, you've got little goals, though, that, you, that you're set by your physio team and you just concentrate on hitting them every day. And then, obviously, accumulatively, if you if you do that, then you'll get back fit at your return to play date. And I think that's the big motivation is you've got that end goal in sight and, and that's what kind of drives you on. So, mate, as we record this, um, you've had a little bit of disappointing news of your admission to the, the Scotland squad. Um, what is your overriding feeling to that news? And... What's your plans to bounce back? Um, yeah, obviously really disappointed, um, you know, and a bit gutted, as you would be. But, you know, I've been dropped before. You know, Dave Rennie actually dropped me um, <laughs> for, a, for a couple of months when I was at Glasgow. And, yeah, that's part of the sport. Everyone 
um, you know, gets bad news at times, and that's the roller coaster, and that's why that's why we love it. And I think um, it was tough to take it at first, but but now it's important for me to to respond and keep playing well for Gloucester. And you know, I've been loving playing with these boys so far. So um, yeah, we've got a, a good few games coming up, which I'm looking forward to. So it's about um, you know putting good performances for Gloucester together, and then the international selectors feel feels uh, feel that they can pit me again, and they will do. I'm sure you will, mate. And how do you find out? Do you get a phone call? Is it just on the news? Yeah, you get a phone call. Yeah, yeah, the night before. So, yeah. yeah. How was how was that phone call for you? <clears throat> yeah, it was all good. I've got a good relationship with with Gregor, um, and yeah, we we talk a fair amount, um, you know, during the, during the months and during the season. So yeah, it was. Um, I've got a good relationship with him. So yeah, obviously, it's still a tough tough phone call, but it was it was all good. Yeah, and. When things like this happen for you, mate, how is how important is it to have a good support network around you to pick you back up, make you feel good about yourself? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, some people are stronger than others. I I think I'm a fairly strong-minded individual. Um, but yeah, I think it's hugely important for for to have that kind of external support as well. Um, you know, in all in all in all facets of life, not just rugby. Brilliant, mate. Um. I know you will get back in the squad with just listening to you right now and your motivation. Um, in March 2020, you beat France 28-17 to end France's hopes of a Grand Slam where you score 13 points. How was that game for you? Um, was that the one before COVID? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was unbelievable. That was, yeah, that was one of my favourite games for Scotland, I think, as well. Um, you know, we, we started the tournament well against Ireland and, we probably should have nicked it in Dublin, to be honest. Um, you know, we dropped the ball over the line, I think, with 10 minutes to go. And we were right in it um, and we should have won. I feel like we should have won. And then that England game the week after was just an absolute storm of a day. Um, you know, it was it was a horrible game of rugby. I don't think anyone enjoyed that, um, especially not the players. And then Italy probably didn't play that well, but grinded out a victory. So, we kind of felt hard done by in the first three games and that next game for us was huge back at home um, against a quality French team who were flying at that point. And I think we've kind of almost, uh, the Scotland team has, has kind of been France's bogey team, I feel, for the past few years. I think, I can't remember the last time they, they beat us was probably that pre-season World Cup game. Um, but yeah, it was just unbelievable to for the form they were in and um, you know, for us to come together at home and play like they play like we did was yeah really special. Brilliant. And how do the fans help push you on in these big games? I mean, just the noise is is enough sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, when they're when you're on their line and you know the you can hear them roaring and it's such a you can you can feel it as an opposition player when when you play away you can you can feel the crowds against you. And, um, you know, it's. It, it can feel like the whole stadium's against you at times, even if there's a lot of your own fans there. So I think the way they, they respond in, in certain moments is, is brilliant. It gives us a huge lift as players. Right, mate. And in that game, your mum and dad steal the headlines. They have a kiss live on TV. The reaction on your yeah. face was priceless. Please tell yeah. me you've banned them from public display of affection during your games. Yeah, 100%. It's not allowed now or they won't be getting tickets anymore. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. And um, <laughs> for you, mate, when you're having issues in your family life, your personal life, however big or small they may be, how does this affect your performance and your lifestyle? Funnily enough, I actually don't think it affects 
performance. There's been times where I've been, you know, really struggling off, off the pitch or, you know, had certain things happen and I've, it's never really affected my performance. It's bizarre. Um, I think that's probably because it's only been short term. I think if you had something really long term, you'd start to see it creeping into your performances. But um, yeah, I think it's important to make sure your off-field life is as peaceful as possible as I've, as I've you know, probably learned more so in, in the past couple of years. Um, and yeah, happy Happy wife, happy happy life is what a lot of the boys say. Thankfully, yeah. I'm still single at the moment. So <laughs> that, yeah, sure, that'll come. That could uh, that could cause the problems for your performance, yeah. mate. You never know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when things are going great, mate, do you feel you play a little bit better? When you're feeling confident, um, you're feeling good about yourself? Yeah, I think confidence is important, but I also think pressure can bring out the best. And, you know, I think back to like Six Nations, I probably didn't have my best game against Italy and then, um, the week after against France played played really well. You know, I've had a lot of moments like that in my career where it's maybe not gone my way for one, two, three weeks. Um, and I think back to when, you know, I think Renz dropped me for a couple of months and I came back and played some of the best rugby at the end of that, in the end of that season when we got to the final. Um, and yeah, just, I think pressure, pressure makes diamonds again, one of my cat, one of my yep. cringy I, catchphrases, but I use that as um, well. I, yeah, I do truly think it, it makes a difference, and obviously confidence is massive as well. But I think that comes from again. I, I go back to doing your work during the week, ticking off every box as that breeds your confidence, and then you then you're good to go. Yeah. So for you, if you, so you had a bad game against Italy, is it just the little things in, in the week leading up to the next game which can make a difference for you? Yeah, hundred percent. I think. You know, it, it probably checks you a little bit as well. You know, you need bad games. You you can't you can't play well every single week. Um, and obviously that is the goal, and you want as much consistency as possible. But you know, even the best players in the world, the most consistent, will have an off day. And, um, yeah, it does just check you a little bit, I think, and and keeps you grounded. And that's the beauty of the sport. Superb. And what have you learned from playing with guys like Finn Russell, Stuart Hogg? Um, what have you learned playing with those guys? Um. Yeah, a lot. I think, you know, they're obviously fantastic players, you know, played with some unbelievable players. You know, I was with George Ford and Reef Priestland when I was kind of coming through at Bath and yeah, just picking little nuggets of of, of knowledge off them, um, you know, just little tips and tricks or, um, you know, certain certain things they look out for in games, which might lead to something else, um, you know, in the game management side of things or even just little dirty tactics you know I've learned quite a few of them off, off a few older boys as well so yeah. um yeah no I think it's important to to have these chats with the older players and, and learn as much as you can from them because they're only trying to help you as well brilliant man when you're playing with Finn are you trying to push him to be the best he can be and obviously take his position yeah well look I think everyone wants to start you know no one wants to sit on the bench and or not get picked you know what I mean and um yeah it's not a I mean, you, I think you've got that in every position across across the part. You know, you look at the Scotland squad now, there's so much depth there. Even even in the Gloucester squad at the moment, there's heavy rotation every single week. It's it's not it's not the same players playing the same position every single week. And, you know, that's what breeds a, a, a quality team is when people get their chance, they take it. So, yeah, I think um, if I keep getting chances for, for club and country, then, then I'll look to, you know, maximise them as much as possible. 
do you feel obviously playing with Gloucester and Scotland there's so much depth that helps keep you on your toes and helps you perform at the highest level possible yeah 100% I think a lot of the time you know external motivation can be good but it's important to have that internal motivation as well and um, you know like I said you want to make your family proud and, and having things like this and just wanting to be the best is is something that that motivates me and I know motivates a lot of players as well so it's important to have that kind of fire inside you as well as, as outside you. Definitely and right now the world is influenced so much by social media how do you feel when you see negative comments about you or have you witnessed any teammates in rugby going through a hard time due to comments made on social media? Um. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously, if they're atting you or whatever and they've got your, you know, they're actually mentioning you in the comments and tagging you, that's slightly different than, you know, searching for it. I think um, there's probably, um, when I was younger, I'd, I'd, you know, look for it a lot more. I'd read articles and things like that, whereas now I just don't bother because it's not the, you know, people say this all the time, it's, it's not the one. It's not the one good comment you remember, or it's not the nine good comments you remember. It's the one bad one, and um, yeah, it's just it's just a toxic, toxic, toxic loop to keep to keep putting yourself through. I think the only opinions I now care of are are my peers, you know, my family and friends, and and my coaches, and, and that's all that matters. No, definitely, mate. And I seen this last weekend there. You scored an abundance of points, so it was great to see you bounce back well from obviously your disappointing news in the week. So. Thank you. That was fantastic to see. How many points did you get? Uh, oh, God, I can't remember. I think I picked <laughs> six or something like that. I'm not sure. Brilliant, mate. And um, yeah. we spoke earlier about the words of wisdom that your dad and uncle have given you. What words of wisdom would you give to a, a young rugby player starting their journey? Um, I think if I could go back to, yeah, give my younger self advice as well, would just be nail your kind of basics I think a lot of the time now you know the basics are so so important it just kind of frees you up to focus on other parts of your game or um, things like that I think you know especially as a back just nail your kicking and passing your running lines things like that and then once you're at that level it's not something you need to need to work on or as much you know I think when I was left school my basics probably went up to scratch or I then had to spend a lot a lot of time you know on my on my on my basics as I said so yeah I think that's the big one for me and for you the the physical demands of rugby are are so high how do you cope with the the physicality mentally and physically um yeah I think it's important to know your recovery I think I'm probably starting to feel it a little bit more now you know I'm 25 I'm not 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 quite the the old man stage yet but I'm certainly noticing I've got to do little bits to, you know, make sure I'm feeling tip top going in the weekend. And if I don't, then I, I don't feel hundred percent. So, um, yeah, I think it's just about looking after yourself, getting the right nutrition in, and getting the right recovery. And you know, we've got brilliant coaches at Gloucester, um, you know, looking after us on that front. So it's it's made a lot easier. Yep. And finally, mate, what's next for you? Uh, I know, well, I know you're Newcastle still... on Saturday. I know you're still I know you're still young in 25, but um, what is next? next um, yeah, I mean I've got I don't tend to share my kind of long term goals too much, but you know it'd be nice to get back into that Scotland squad as soon as possible. Um, but first and foremost, as I said, you know earlier on that comes from 
playing well and winning games for Gloucester, which we've been doing. So, yeah, we're up to Newcastle on Saturday. So, hopefully, um, a big win there would be nice. Do you, do you just see it week by week? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to kind of look past it week by week for me anyway. I mean, if you start thinking too far in advance, you kind of, I mean, you're playing every seven days, touch wood, if you're, if you're getting picked. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's important to kind of do that, yeah. Brilliant, mate. Um, this has been unbelievable and I really appreciate you coming on and spending time with me today. Um, I know you will get back in the Scotland squad. I hope you win up in Newcastle this week. Thank you. <laughs> And I don't know when this will go live, but um, the next couple of games after that as well. But uh, Adam, thank you very much, mate. I really appreciate this. And good luck. Appreciate it, mate.